deep exploration of the sublunarian landscape using autonomous robots. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. William L. Red Whitaker, Professor of Robotics at Carnegie Mellon University. Welcome, Red. Glad to be here. Give us a brief summary of your background in robotics and in space exploration. Uh, I'm generally viewed to be the father of field robotics, which are uh, machines to uh, farm and mine. I created the first of the autonomous driving machines, uh, uh, many machines on land, sea, air, underwater, underground, and my next step is out to space. Sounds good to me. In fact, one of your latest projects, Skylight, was selected by NASA to help explore lunar pits. Let's start at the beginning. What is a lunar pit and why are they important targets for exploration? There is a vast subterranean world, actually a sublunarian world, of incredible caves beneath the surface of the moon and Mars. And uh, they've been known for decades, uh, including science fiction going back a century. Uh, but they're uninteresting because there was no conceivable way to get into them until recent discovery of these pits. And the pits are sinkholes, huge, immense holes, uh, the size of uh, football stadiums with vertical sides that have collapsed and uh, hence are an access to that underworld. And um, there are now hundreds of them known on the moon, some of them so intriguing. Uh, and uh, the holy grail would be to discover, explore and discover uh, a fissure uh, a cavern or a cave that begins there. And the reason that would be so, so important is that the trouble with humans on the moon is that it's hotter than an oven during the day, it is colder than liquid nitrogen at night, and uh, robots really can't survive, humans can't survive in ovens and uh, liquid nitrogen. It's also a lot of radiation. So how do you beat that? Well, uh, if you've been in a cave or a mine, it's always shirt sleeve weather and no radiation, doesn't get hot or cold. So to find such a, a setting would be such a gift. How will a skylight robot explore lunar pits? Uh, the first is to land nearby. That's a trick in itself. And uh, in the near term, that's gotta be done with a small lander. So for that part of it, I've created the Astrobotic Company and the Peregrine Lander. And um, uh, the next technology is precision landing, not just landing, but precision landing to get up close and personal so that it's not much of a trek for the rovers. Uh, the next um, is exploration. So it's actually authentic exploration in the sense of being where nothing has been before and experiencing something where uh, there's just no precedent in space. Uh, 
And that could be a little like coming upon the Grand Canyon for the first time, because these things are vast, huge walled, and who knows? And uh, so the first is to cruise the rim. And uh, uh, that is something where, uh, before the fact, nobody knows the terrain, uh, the uh, conditions for mobility and driving around, and to reach vantage points from which the walls and weaknesses uh, and the details might be viewed. And then, not just cameras, but telescopic optics that can look across. You understand with vertical wall, you actually can't see what's under your toes. So the best views are going to be at angles and across. And to make a way around and do that might take several kilometers of autonomous driving because these early machines and small machines can't bear the weight of communications to communicate right back to Earth and wouldn't have the power to um, uh, power such radios. And so autonomously, they make sorties and bring that imagery back to the lander for processing into uh, high fidelity models and the kind of much smaller devices that can get back to Earth. The, uh, so um, uh, the next step is to determine uh, the uh, means by which a machine could or possibly could go into, a, uh, into that uh, kind of a uh, pit. And that might be a ramp, it might be a weakness, and it might be a rappel. So this first mission, the ambition is to map and model uh, in great detail and to set up for planning for future mission. What hardware and software did you have to invent to make these specialized robots accomplish the mission? The, um, so um, uh, there's, uh, no precedent whatever of uh, a robot for this class of exploration, and that requires uh, coming up with the uh, hardware, which is the machine. Think of it like a mid-class robot of uh, perhaps 15 kilograms and uh, with very high-end computing uh, to empower the autonomy uh, with the kind of optics and cameras uh, for viewing the terrain with the kind of uh, technology for uh, processing that, those thousands of images into a model and um, uh, to do that with the uh, reliability and the uh, uh, hardening to tolerate the moon conditions and uh, 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 achieve the exploration. So uh, that's a little of what is to be done. On what timetable are you operating today? When will the first Skylight robots actually head off to the moon? Well, um, that's uh, uh, maybe at or after 2023. And uh, that's in part 
because the uh, first small landings uh, that are in the queue uh, uh, would not have the precision landing. And um, it's going to take some time to um, create the and um, uh, achieve the standards for the kind of inventions I just spoke of. So when Skylight succeeds, what wider application could the robot have in um, additional planetary uh, planetary exploration? Uh, Apollo was a pinnacle of technical and human achievement. Um, and it missed altogether what matters on the moon. So it did a tremendous job of uh, looking at dirt and looking at rocks and bringing some rocks home and some dirt home. Uh, and then what really matters, uh, it discovered since, are the pits and the poles. And the poles matter so much, they're now known to harbor vast amounts of volatiles like uh, water and ammonia. And the water is so incredible uh, in value because uh, you can um, uh, crack it into oxygen and hydrogen. Of course, you can drink it, breathe it, make rocket fuel out of it once you get the oxygen and hydrogen. And that is both means for support of human presence and uh, for deep space exploration beyond the moon. Well, there you have it. Dr. William L. Red Whitaker, professor of robotics at Carnegie Mellon University. If somebody wants to connect with you, Red, maybe they wanna find out more about the work you're doing, or maybe they wanna connect with you personally. How can they do that? Uh, my email is red, like the color red, at cmu.edu. Sounds good. And congratulations. Um, if you guys want to connect with me and find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.